Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. What I, what I want us to do together um, in our time is uh, I'm, I'm going to just talk for a little bit and then I, I want us to actually have some discussion and wrestle together over some of the things that I'm going to say. So through the, the month of February, um, we're just going to be talking a little bit more about some of the values that we hold here at Central, how they connect in with um, our values as, as followers of Jesus and how they're kind of perhaps expressed in our culture here um, in different ways. And then when we have our first house church meeting um, at the end of the month, we'll be kind of just sharing about those sorts of things together in, in smaller groups. So this um, Sunday, I'm going to be talking about um, spiritual growth and how that's a, a value here at Central that we really um, lean into and express in different ways. And um, next week I'm going to talk about, you know, the diversity of our community and how we hold diversity as a picture of flourishing and rich life. And then on the third Sunday, Oren's going to talk about hospitality and community and how that is a, a value of our, our church and how we express it. So wanting us just to lean a little bit into some of the things that make us who we are and maybe at the beginning of the year just to encourage us in our, in our spiritual walk, in our growth. Um, so I think, um, so talking tonight about, about spiritual growth um, I, I want to read out something I, I wrote um, a little while ago. I've often sort of, I suppose as the, the leader here at Central Church, I've often kind of thought a bit more deeply about who are we? What are we trying to, what are we trying to be here at Central? Like I have a very firm commitment that churches are like ice cream. Um, there's just different flavours. We want everyone to eat ice cream, Right? But I don't care if when you go to the ice cream shop you have Hokey Pokey or Rocky Road or you're vanilla or you love rainbow. Like I don't, I don't judge anyone based on the flavour of ice cream that they choose mostly. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't at all judge people's um, <laughs> except for Luke's um, vegan ice cream, which I don't know if that's truly – no, I'm joking – that, you know, in essence, we just, we just want people to eat ice cream and enjoy it. And I think like that about churches. There's all different kinds of churches. Um, we just want people to be in communities of faith and follow Jesus. That's, that's what our heart is. And I think, you know, there's all different kinds of flavours and they're all good. They all express something beautiful and unique about the kingdom, about the nature of God. They all have a place in the great giant ice cream cabinet of the Lord. Um, and they, it's, but it's good to know what flavour you're eating. It's good to know what flavour you are. As, as the leader of Central, it's, it's been helpful for me to just think about what's the flavour that I'm, you know, serving up here so that I don't end up with like, you know, a mushed up corner of chopped chip in with pistachio and then someone scooped this weird flavour. You know what I mean? Like let's just be who we are. Um, and so that's sort of what I want to, you know, I've often thought about that. So this is something I wrote about our, just our flavour um, here at Central. I wrote it a little while ago. 
Um, and it, it's more, it's, it's the bit that I wrote that has to do with spirituality, I suppose, more our, our, our essence of spiritual expression. At Central, we believe that people are responsible for their own spiritual life. I believe that. I believe that you are responsible for your spiritual life, not me. I believe that when you stand before God, it's you that stands before God. So you're responsible for your spiritual life. And part of the reason why I'm committed to that is that I think we should be, uh, that part of my role is to raise adults in the faith, not children, not people who need milk and spoon feeding and nappies, but adults who are mature and robust and able to make decisions and discern for themselves. Um, Anyway, Um, I, I do think that then our church exists to be a resource and encouragement for our own spiritual growth. Um, Here at Central, we enjoy creativity in spiritual expression and an openness to spiritual practices that have been held and passed along through our faith tradition. We hope that our gatherings week to week seek to equip us to do the spiritual life in every and any context and circumstance. At Central, we will challenge and call one another to become more like Jesus. We see this as a lifelong adventure of growth that has two main drivers. The first is that we become more like Jesus as we behold, contemplate, and gaze upon Jesus as the fullest representation of God, of what God is like. And we surrender all of our other images of God to Jesus. And we do this through Bible reading and prayer, through study and learning and spiritual practice, through retreats, through seeking and thirsting after God. That's how we, that's one of the drivers, I suppose, for spiritual growth is our focus on Jesus. And we do that in all kinds of different ways. Our second, I suppose, driver for spiritual growth is that we become more like Jesus as we're willing to acknowledge and face our pain and our trauma, our brokenness and our sin. We become more like Jesus when we we stop avoiding or dodging (laughs) and we seek to bring all of ourselves into relationship with God even the parts that we're ashamed of. And we trust that through love and acceptance and belonging and doing our work, um, that we are transformed in wholeness and freedom and we're able to live fully alive with as much joy and peace as that's available to us. And so those two sort of drivers here at Central that we kind of focus on is like that contemplation of Jesus and that honesty of self. And we see that both of those things energise spiritual growth in us. Um, This path of spiritual growth will likely involve desiring wholeness, practising honesty and mutual accountability, vulnerability, doing personal growth or ego work, prayer ministry, counselling, psychology. Sometimes medication is an important part of spiritual growth and an acceptance of, of one's personal limitations. Here at Central, we'll do our best to champion each other on our journeys towards freedom, growth and spiritual maturity 
whatever those paths look like, knowing that the path that I take, that Jesus leads me on, might actually look a little bit different to the path that Jesus is leading you on. So that's some of the things that I wrote about kind of spiritual growth and some of our flavour and culture here at Central, some of the things that we're fumbling our way towards is probably the best way that I'd describe it. We're not a hugely driven church. I'm not a highly goal-oriented person. (laughs) So these are kind of things that we have as like our, you know, we're aiming towards these things in our our hearts and in our hope as as we do that. So tonight I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that. And I, I guess my hope is that as you listen to what I have to say this afternoon, that you might just consider yourself, consider where you're at, consider how you're growing, consider what God is doing inside of you and just sort of take stock of like, take stock of yourself that it might the things that I say might just be an impetus for you to take that space to do it. And then later on that we would actually just wrestle together in healthy ways about how this looks and is fleshed out in our community because it's not just about individuals but it's about us belonging together as God's people and, like, working out these things together. So I just want to... look at one particular metaphor that the Bible um, talks a lot about in terms of spiritual life. I think there are two main metaphors in the Bible for spiritual growth and maturity. The first one is walking um, and journeying and pilgrimage. I actually think that throughout all of our scriptures, the idea of the journey is a very clear metaphor for spiritual growth. And we see that in the life of Israel Um, herself. So we see her journey out of slavery into freedom, walking through the wilderness into the promised land, out into exile, back again. This idea of journeying, we hear Jesus calling us on the road towards the narrow path. Like that idea of walking step by step in friendship with Jesus is a very clear metaphor for, for the spiritual journey and for life. And I think the book club will be great to just open up and wrestle with those things about walking. But I think the other clear metaphor about spiritual growth in Scripture um, is that of the tree. The tree is another very common metaphor for spiritual health and growth in Scripture. And I just want to read a few verses out that tap into this a little bit for us to consider this afternoon. So Jeremiah chapter 17 and verses 7 to 8 say, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. In Psalm 1 and verses 1 to 3, the psalmist writes, Blessed are those who walk hand in hand with goodness, who stand beside virtue, who sit in the seat of truth, for their delight is in the Lord. And in God's heart they dwell day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water that yield fruit in due season and their leaves flourish. And in all that they do, they give life. 
Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7 say, And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all that he has done. And Jesus in Mark chapter 4, in his par- one of his parables on the kingdom of God, and Jesus often drew upon images in nature to try to help us connect with what the way of God and the life of God and the kingdom of God could look like. And in this particular parable, it says, Jesus asked, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story shall I use to illustrate it? It is like a tiny mustard seed. Though this is one of the smallest seeds, yet it grows to become one of the largest plants with long branches where birds can build their nests and be sheltered. And all of these sort of verses taken together along with many more, I mean we start the Bible in a garden and we end with a tree whose leaves are given for the healing of the nations. Like this, the image of the tree and growing and putting roots down deep and having branches that spread wide to shelter the life of the world. This is a really common metaphor given to us for what flourishing, human flourishing looks like, for what robust and mature spirituality looks like, that we are given this image of a tree um, to inspire us or to flesh out our imagination for what our spirituality could look like. And so when I think about the tree, and I'm not, you know, the world's greatest horticulturalist, but I have a good go at many things. Like, you know, tree... the idea of the tree and spiritual growth, to me it brings up the two ideas of like our roots going down deep and our, our branches stretching out and being wide. And, or if we're a fruit tree growing appropriate fruit, I don't, you know, you can be whatever tree you want to be in this metaphor. But though the, the sort of the two things, like we go down deep and we open up wide. And I would say that they're two kind of like key kind of like values of us here at Central, that we long to be people who go down deep into the things of the Lord, who sink our roots really deeply into God. And we also long to be people who can stretch out wide and open up and be places of blessing and abundance for all the creatures around us, places of shelter and safety for other people. And so I want to ask you this afternoon, if your, if your spiritual life today is a tree, what, what, do, what would it look like? Just, just think to yourself, if you were to consider what your spiritual life has been like over the last 6 to 12 months and you were to imagine that in tree form, what would your tree kind of look like? It could, it could look like many things and it would be different for each one of us. But what would, what would your tree be like? If you were to consider the kind of growth that's been going on inside of you in the Lord, what has that looked like in the last 6 to 12 months? Has it looked like roots going down deep? 
Has it looked like branches spreading wide? Has it looked like fruitfulness and abundance? Has it looked like seasons of spring and summer? Has it looked like seasons of winter and autumn? Like the trees go through all kinds of things. In my thinking, this idea of deepening our roots, it's really about the way that we thirst and we seek after God. It's about going down to find that living water that we sang about earlier, that Becca was talking about, seeking out living water that nourishes us and drinking deeply that we might have abundant life flowing within us. And I think at different times and at different places and at different stages of our spiritual life, the places we find that water and what that water looks like looks different. I don't think that it's I've I suppose I've, I've come to realize that you don't you're not just sustained by the one thing for your entire spiritual life. You find different pools to drink from, and that's the appropriate thing. You, you know, you send your roots down and you find the water level and you, you soak it up and then you need to go exploring and find more and you soak it up and then you go exploring and find more and you soak it up and all of that seeking and thirsting is life within you. I think if we ever feel like we have um, times in our spiritual life when we feel dry we feel stagnant. It's not necessarily like there's something wrong. I think it's more like an invitation to go deeper and explore something new. And we do. All of us go through periods of time when we hit dryness, we hit stagnant, we feel like we, we haven't really had that life of God flowing within us. It's okay. That's normal. It's, it's an invitation to, to spread out deeper and sink deeper and find new things. I um, came across this um, picture from the Abbey down at Jamboree that I, I bought. Um, this is a photo of it. And I, I've really enjoyed this, this image as a, um, as a reflection image, as, a, as something to meditate on, even as a way for me to pray because it takes this idea of the tree and this idea of our roots going deeper into, um, into, into God and into finding nourishment and living water. And it acknowledges that actually just sometimes there are things that get in the way and like there are boulders or stuff in our life that hinders, you could say, our searching for the water. But the beautiful thing about trees is they're, ability and creativity to just work around what's there and to go deep. Sometimes you'll even see trees that have cracked through stone, depending on the type of stone that it is. You can see plants that sprout up through concrete, like the kind of life and the images of life that God gives us. Like obstacles are not always a problem. When I had really little kids who caused me to be sleep deprived and always interrupted me, I would have named them my boulder in my relationship with the Lord. (laughs) Like they could have at times felt like an obstacle to me engaging with God the way I always used to engage. They're not a problem. (laughs) 
most of the time. They're an opportunity for me to sink deeper. To, I had to find new ways to relate to God, different ways to drink. The thing that had worked up until the time I had kids was no longer feasible or sustainable with the chaotic up through the night waking early, relentless attachment of children. I had to find new ways to drink. And at different times in life, we have these different like boulders that may appear in the the depths of our being. They're not always things that need to be reefed out. Sometimes they're just invitations for us to grow around and sink deeper and find nourishment. Sometimes some rocks need to be moved, but the process of maturity and discernment is figuring out what do I work around, what, do, what does God work with and what does God remove and that's too complex to talk about in a sermon. But I have loved this, this image of going deeper and finding the water and working around whatever's there in order to grow and to find life. And actually often the very thing that seems like an obstacle in our spiritual life actually becomes the foundation of our greatest growth. It becomes something that sustains us as we grow up. Um, And that's a, a beautiful thing. So going deeper, always wanting to go deeper. The second way I guess that trees grow is that they grow wider. And I think, you know, our... Our journey of, of spiritual growth, our, our way of growing is that as, as people grow wider, we become more expansive and spacious. We become a place where birds nest, like Jesus talked about that mustard seed, becoming a tree that becomes a place of fruitfulness, that as we grow and mature, we become fruitful, we nurture growth, we shelter others. We become a place where the birds nest and the possums run and we become a place of habitat for life for others. And I think spiritual maturity as we grow should express itself outwards in life towards others. Like I often think if you were to like, again, going back to what kind of tree are you, I often think one of the ways that we can measure our spiritual health is just how much of a blessing and a shelter are we for other people? Are we a place a person in which other people find life and goodness. When people encounter us, do they get the overflow of the deep drinking of God that we've been doing? I think that that's a really helpful idea to think about, about the way that, you know, spiritual growth happens. And spiritual growth always, the more we go deeper in God, the more ability we have to go wide in blessing to the world. I um, love the wisdom of the prayer plant. Does, does anyone have a prayer plant at home? It, we just put one in. There's a prayer plant over here, just so you know. It's probably not the technical name, but this is a prayer plant. Um, I think it's a calalia or something. Other. I don't know. A prayer plant, when it's healthy, looks like that on the that side. Um, left. <laughs> or like this. This is quite healthy. When a prayer plant is, is not well, it curls up on itself. So if you have, this is like, if you're not an indoor plant person, this plant's awesome to get because it will literally tell you if it's unhappy. Um, and that might mean you've watered it too much or you've not watered enough. Usually for me, I have one of these at home it, and it sits sort of 
towards the window, it means it's dry. So when its leaves are all rolled up, I know, oh, it's turned in on itself. I need to water it some more and the leaves will open out and, you know, become flat again and, like, expansive. And I often think that's a beautiful, again, another beautiful metaphor for, like, the spiritual life just coming from nature. But when we're dry and not doing so well, we often curl up inwards on ourselves. It's a sign that we're not healthy. We need to drink deeper. When we have a big drink of water, it's like we open out and become a blessing, blessing to other people. So this, you know, this idea of like growing spiritually, being people who drink deeply, send our roots down to find the goodness of God, being wired to being a blessing to others, being a place where, you know, many other people find nurture and peace and rest. That's some of the the driving impetus of us here at Central Church. That's what we long to do. Some of that informs the decisions that we make. We don't always do it well. We don't always get it right. But that's kind of like what sits at the heart of many of us that are, you know, leading this space here. And while our spirituality is often considered to be like quite an individual thing, here we know it is personal. You are responsible for your spiritual life, but it's something we do together. Like we grow together, we learn together, we, you know, we encourage one another in our, in our depth and in our learning. So what I want us to do, you know, so I'm not talking all the time, is I have some questions that I'd really like us to wrestle with. And when I say that, I mean, then these aren't like, you know, not brain teasing questions, but I just think it's really important for us to think about these together and I think it's really important for us to listen together and to consider the wisdom in the room that as we're thinking about spiritual growth, how we grow, how that works, that we might share with one another. And so I thought what might be good is how many questions? Five questions. I reckon we just make five groups so you can pick which question that you really want to kind of dive into and let's just gather together and wrestle through some of these questions come up with answers brainstorm and then we'll share with one another just to like kind of like flesh out more of who we are here at Central coming out of who all of us are so first question in what ways is having this value of spiritual growth countercultural to either the world or other kinds of spaces that we might find ourselves in, like having a deep value of spiritual growth, in what ways is that countercultural? Or your group might say, that's not countercultural at all, and you can talk about that and it'd be great to hear from you. Um, what are the gifts of community to personal spiritual growth? So, sure, we can all just go have a private relationship with the Lord, but what value does being in community with God's people actually give each one of us for our personal spiritual growth? Um, what are the main catalysts for growth in our life? Like what, when you think about your spiritual life, what have been the things that have actually been the huge catalysts towards you growing? I think it would be great to hear some of those things. What are some of the practical ways we can spur one another on to growth? And the last question, how do we tell the difference in our own lives and maybe even in a community sense? How do we tell the difference between times when we're stuck or stagnant in our spiritual life or perhaps we just are in an appropriate season of dormancy? Because um, trees go through different seasons. They're not all, a tree cannot be always abundantly 
fruitful. It needs to have seasons of dormancy where it conserves and it, it does things. So, like, it's interesting to kind of, like, think about telling the difference between those two things. Does it sound okay? Maybe we'll just, yeah, have a spokesperson from each um, group. Just share some of the things that came up, the, the wisdom and the, the thoughts that were shared. Um, so we'll go in order because that will make sense. So group, group number one, who wants to be spokesperson? Luke. Oh, Bryony. <laughs> Only because Luke punched me and when I'm finished, I get to punch him back. Um, <laughs> uh, so we would um, start it off by saying how it feels pretty um, countercultural to other church environments that we've been in um, where it's been like top-down leadership, um, the minister or the pastor or whatever language is the one that's telling you what to do and how to think and how to live and you're just responsible for turning up and joining your Bible study or whatever it may be. Um, but I don't know. I'll, we said lots of things. I don't know how long we're going to talk for. But general culture seems to be changing a bit uh, towards more introspection and um, doing growth and work on ourselves and so this is kind of more in line with that and not that counter-cultural and that's my two-part summary to a much longer discussion. (laughs) Very good. What are the gifts of community to personal spiritual growth? Oh, that was, oh, at the back, who spoke woman, man? They're dobbing you. Yeah. Uh, we decided that we need each other and basically God has made us in a relationship, to be in a relationship because God himself is in a relationship. Um, and so I, we really just talked about how, um, yeah, how that community can benefit us in different ways and sometimes it, it's just a matter of stopping us from being lonely and to be part of something else um, or when we're struggling, having other people to give us that little bit of encouragement and having somewhere to belong um, no matter where you are, if you're going through the dry patch or if you're really, you know, on fire, <laughs> um, being together um, we can help each other to keep moving and to keep going and, um, yeah, we just... We all agree that that's, it's, it's, it's essential, that it's, you can do it by yourself but it's really, really hard and doing it together is more fun, more helpful <laughs> and, yeah, just beneficial. So, yeah. Did I miss anything? <laughs> nice, nice work, team. That's good. Um, what are the main catalysts for growth in our life? This is the catalyst group, isn't it, personally? Is that right? Did I get that right? I spoke first, so I guess I've got to take the microphone. I think our our summary was that change is the biggest catalyst for growth and often um, crises in our life, um, be they health or other, um, change of location, even change of church. But um, for a few of us, change of health and, and loss of health from various 
issues has been a catalyst for us to seek God and find God and and grow in different ways. Um, also heard that just changes in church environment where people are encouraging and and looking out for each other and seeking to grow changes. And I don't know that we spoke much about communally, but I think our church, as I reflect on it, has changed most when we've changed location, changed leadership, and I think just as we change and get new members into this church, it, it prompts us to grow because we we you know, led to interact with new people and it just uh, gives us new ways of looking at things and thinking. So good and bad things, good and bad change all can lead to spiritual growth. Yeah, that's great. I think that's one of the, I mean, I didn't talk about that tonight, but I think suffering, great love and great suffering, they say are the two great catalysts, um, I think, for spiritual growth. And it, we prefer one to the other. <laughs> but, actually, but actually it's often a form of suffering that is the largest impetus for growth because we have to seek deeper. And, um, and I think we're also changed most deeply by um, the people that we know and the books that we read. Um, I would think about that in my own life. The things that have shifted me have been the relationships that I've developed with people who are different and they've prompted me to grow because they've broken into my worldview and given me some other space to dwell. And then the books that you read, you know, for us, the scriptures and other books that we read are the things that energise us for growth. So that's great. Thank you. Um, practical way. Is this practical? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Repeat them and sound wise. <laughs> yeah, I'll just describe them in a different way. Um, I guess a lot of what we talked about was having ears that are willing to listen and a heart's willing to listen. Where is God guiding you and who is God guiding you to connect with, to interact with, or who is God um, guiding you to have an ear that's willing to listen because they want to input into your life. Um, we talked about other ways in which um, that can actually happen and that's and it might be encouraging people to go and, and, and have that deeper theological understanding from people who have more of that expertise and that understanding. Um, and we sort of talked about the fact that the timing of that is really – so for for fully it might be um, now, for me it might be in two years' time for the same thing um, and, and saying that's okay – um, we talked about the ability to have disagreement, um, agree to disagree, but to be able to do that and have those disagreements, those discussions in a safe place and not having the this is the only way you get to heaven way um, in terms of a theological issue or whatever it happens to be. Um, and just having that ability to share our own journeys with each other so that we can learn from each other and that ability to be vulnerable with each other um, so that there is that, I guess you build that relationship, that trust, but also that, that learning from each other. So. Wonderful. And Becky, your group's dispersed. Does that make you the spokesperson? Oh, Jill. Ah, oh, nice work. <laughs> um, so we were looking at, first of all, what would be the difference between being stuck or stagnant or being in a season of dormancy. Um, which would be in, when you're dormant, you can still be like drawing on that water, but you're not necessarily putting out the fruit. You're not having like an outward 
growth, but you're still like connected in. Um, whereas sometimes if you're stuck, you're not actually kind of connecting with God in the same way. Uh, we talked about how there's there's a season for sometimes when dormancy should end, and if you go beyond that time, then you're probably stuck. But that's not specifically time bound. Like we were talking about how COVID and lockdown and everything's really been really different to anything that most of us have experienced before. And so it was a really, really long season of enforced dormancy and only now sort of coming out and going, okay, is it time to start growing again or are we too comfortable in our stuckness? Um, and, yeah, it can, be, it can be quite comfortable being stuck because you're just like, oh, well, I'm, I don't know what to do. Um, but maybe it's not as you might not be as content as when you're dormant because sometimes you kind of feel right well like no I need this time of like a bit more introspection if I missed anything no we're good all right cool so good everyone it's like such such good wisdom in the room well I want to just encourage you as you go about your week this week to just um, to spend some time thinking about yourself as a tree. Um, <laughs> you can be a fruit tree, <laughs> you can be a palm tree. <laughs> um, more, you know, I mean, I suppose, don't spend all the time thinking about yourself as a tree. The point is to consider, <laughs> consider just yourself. How are you growing? What is the Lord calling you to at this point in your life? Like, are your roots... Um, needing to sink down deeper? How are they exploring out new places of blessing and drinking? What are the ways in which you're being a shelter and a home for others? And is God calling you to a new season of nurture for other people? Like I want to just encourage you in your own being responsible for your spiritual walk to just consider that this week in your prayers, in your reflections, that you might just take stock and ask God to lead you to, to new places of health and growth and that as each one of us does that in community, we naturally become a blessing to others and our, you know, space that we have here is one that's flourishing and alive, um, not based on any one person's, you know, power but on all of our commitment to going deeper in the Lord. So I just want to bless you and encourage you and remind you to just to keep growing, to keep going deeper, to keep stretching wider and finding those places of nourishment. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central. <laughs>